from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, it's Tuesday, and we're back. Welcome, Chiefs Kingdom. And uh, once again, it's not like you haven't heard them enough lately, but we are lucky enough to convince Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest to come back and give us more of his insight. And, you know, as one of the people that is in the room, whenever the press are allowed to see anything, whenever they're allowed to watch practice, Matt is there. He is your eyes and ears and thankfully ours as well. How are you, Matt? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. So to this point, it's been interesting, right? Yeah, the OTAs have been pretty interesting so far. Um, you know, I mean, as based on what little you've you mentioned, we've been able to see with just the the one OTA practice. That's why you know minicamp is is really going to be an opportunity for us to get a really better feel for where this offense is, where the defense is, because we're going to get to see three practices in a row this week. And that's something we haven't had a chance to see. So we're going to get a little bit better idea, you know, what, you know, we're seeing from practice to practice, get a little bit more sense about, you know, how everything's kicking in because there's, there's a lot of changes on both sides of the ball. And, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get really the, the full outlook until training camp, but this week at this three day mini camp, it's going to give us a real insight about just where they are so far in the off season. Well, and you talk about insight, and I have to wonder, you know, what are you really expecting to see? I mean, you've seen, what, three practices over three weeks for OTAs, so one day a week. What do you think that you're going to see in this practice? Obviously, you're going to see the offense and defense in more detail than you have. Um, but more specifically, what are you expecting from Mahomes? You know, I think what we really I'm expecting to see in everything is, you know, one, I want to really want to be able to get a sense of the consistency. You know, we've we've seen these three practices, but like we mentioned, it's just been, you know, one practice every Thursday for the last three weeks. And you can't really judge consistency by that. You really can't judge, you know, really one practice to the next what's going on as far as how much they're kind of loading him up. Um you know, what kind of the situations and scenarios that they're working on from one day to the next and everything. So, you know, to me, the the biggest thing to be able to see from Mahomes in the offense when you get to watch him for three straight days is really it's it's going to be that consistency. It's it's going to be just the diversity of, uh, of of plays and what we what we see from him out there. Yeah. And he started kind of slow. I remember the first OTA week, it was like, yeah, he's out there and he's, he's looking strong, but it was all a lot of superlatives and not a whole lot of, uh, of completion oriented type stuff. And then you saw some progression over the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah, you know, definitely that whole man, that first OTA practice that we, we saw was pretty dreadful. Now, you know, it looked like they were working in a lot of, um, you know, low shot scenarios. I mean, it was, there, it was a lot of look like, you know, third down type scenarios, you know, quick scoring opportunity scenarios. So you've got to always take a grain of salt with those. But at the same time, I mean, there was a lot of balls hitting the turf and it just did not look very crisp overall. And I, I think that's, you know, pretty fair. I mean, it was their really first time. There was the first week of everybody kind of being out there and you are fitting some new people out there. Yeah. You saw a few superlatives with, you know, the video that Sammy Watkins posted, you know, he was pretty proud of those catches and those were pretty awesome, but I'll say this. I mean, you know, last year, you know, during the OTAs, you know, we saw a lot of, you know, a lot of plays from Mahomes that were kind of wow kind of plays. And even if they were, you know, you know, just a couple of plays per practice, I mean, we saw a lot of them. I will say this. I haven't seen that many wow kind of plays. 
But, you know, part of it, I, I think, is that, you know, is that they're putting Mahomes in the situation to to make plays where he doesn't have to do things that are extraordinary. They kind of want him to do the meat and potatoes. They're not asking him to, you know, being out and throwing from, you know, different platforms and throwing on the run and, and doing a lot of these things. They want him to do the, the bulk of the work in the pocket that he needs to be able to do. So, you know, and, and last year he was he was learning things. So I think that there was a little bit more of, you know, his – extemporaneous work in the pocket, you know, where we did see him, you know, moving a little bit more, running and, you know, and everything like that. And then you're going to see a few more of these wow kind of throws. So that's not to say that we're not seeing the arm strength and everything like that. But, you know, as far as just these these throws where you, you get everybody in the field <laughs> just watching, whether it's the players or coaches or media, that everybody just kind of has the air taken out of them by what they saw, we're not seeing that. But like I said, I mean, a, a big part of it is that they're just, I think, at this point, been really focusing on, you know, Mahomes doing the meat and potato stuff that he needs to do as a quarterback. Well, and you talk about that, but it's also a situation where he's going up against the first team defense, where last year he was going up against second and third string guys. So it gives him a little bit more opportunity there, I would think. Um, you know, and I do think he needs to focus on those small things that he needs to get right. Uh, they're going to pay dividends in the off season. So I'm glad that they're making a focus on that right now. What are you expecting to see defensive wise? Uh, defensive wise? I mean, it, there's a, there's, it's, it, it, this is definitely this time of year. It's tough to really kind of, you know, measure where the defense is. I mean, it's in, until they really get to start playing some real football. I think it's really difficult to judge. Um, the things that are going to be are most interesting to me is just really the rotation. Uh, to me, it's, you know, who's getting snaps, you know, where people are lining up. We're getting a little bit of sense of that. And, you know, we're getting some of that sense from the coaches and everything. But I think just being able to see three days in a row will give us a really, you know, a little bit better sense about what kind of defense that this team's really planning to play. I think we've had some clues and everything, but we just kind of need some confirmation of that. Um, I'm interested in seeing, you know, who are some of the young guys that are they're really going to on a day-to-day basis. You know, we've seen, once again, you know, these snapshots and OTAs about, you know, who's getting some snaps and who's getting some playing time and everything like that. But we'll get a little bit more of that. But, you know, I, I, there's just so little. I mean, you, you can't judge anything from a run game perspective defensively during these kind of practices. I mean, you, you can't until it's live. So, you know, there's not a whole lot there. I do want to see defensive backs that can get their hands on the ball. So, you know, when you do see that, you feel pretty good about that. But, you know, I, I other than them just getting the nuts and bolts of this defense in as far as getting people lined up correctly and filling the gaps correctly and doing all of that, and, until it's live, there's just so little I think you can really appreciate about where this defense is. Well, I would agree with that. I, the one thing I would say, sorry, Ryan, is that one thing that you will see is where people are lining up and who's lining up where. And I think that's going to be a big thing for this defense to see if they're getting any of those young corners uh, that aren't necessarily who you would expect to be getting in there as, as the fourth or fifth corner. Uh, that's something that's going to be really intriguing to me. Yeah, that's intriguing to me. And, and you know, and just what type of, of a, a defensive styles that they are playing. I mean, we, we talked about this team being a 3-4 defense. And I, I just, I, I think it's it's a 3-4 name only. I mean, I think that you're going to see a 3-4 look for the most part. 
very rarely. I mean, and if they are in a true 3-4, it's probably with some interesting personnel. I mean, maybe it's a Dorian O'Daniel who's in there as a linebacker who is really more of a, you know, a flex type player and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a, there's a lot to, with this defensive look and everything like that to, to still figure out. And I, like I said, I don't think we're going to figure that out until August and September, but it's this week we should be able to get a kind of a, at least a snapshot about where they're kind of going defensively, philosophically. And that's what I'm looking forward to, too. You know, how consistently line up in whatever uh, configuration we're going to see in the front seven. And the big contest for me, I know there's a lot of questions about the corners, but I want to see what's going on with the safeties because this is still, for me, the the position that has to make some improvement with the departure of Ron Parker, at least holding the position down, in order for the team to be successful early in the season. Yeah, and you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Eric Berry alone is going to make a huge impact as a safety. I mean, assuming that he's healthy and assuming that he's you know back to where he you know was before the injury, that's going to be a huge upgrade right there. You know, I you know Daniel Sorensen is who he is. Um, you know, I think you need to be able to see Eric Murray making some strides. You need to figure out how you know Robert Golden's going to fit into this, and, and then you got the rookies to figure out how they're going to fit into it. Armani Watts and how he's going to slide into this defense. There's a lot of moving parts there still right now to kind of figure out, especially at the safety position. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back. On the other side of the ball. Offensively, I think we're so enamored with what's going on in the passing game and this this burgeoning relationship with Sammy Watkins. Please, and his please don't go. To, please don't go to Anthony Sherman and how he looks. Oh, that's a great idea. I didn't no. even get there yet. No. I'll come back to that. But no, <laughs> the, the thing that I'm most interested to see is we've heard, and because it's been so limited in the exposure and, and what what Matt and, and the beat reporters have been able to see, is is Parker Einger able to like take all the reps with the ones. Are they platooning out or are they mixing guys in still trying to find what they think they're going to go to camp with as, as uh, the guys that are going to rotate with the ones? Uh, I'm hoping that they find at least one answer that's one guy consistently. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, you really have only seen the rotation on the second and third lines and everything as far as, you know, trying to figure out maybe, you know, different people in different spots there and testing them right side, left side and everything. Um, the, the first offensive line uh, – it, 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 at least at this point in the in the stage, seems pretty set. Now that's going to completely change when Mitch Morse is healthy, and you know how we know Mitch Morse is going to slide back in the center. But then it's it's really how these guys still you know figure out from there. I mean, is Cameron Irving your 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 sixth guy? Is he your off, you know first offensive lineman off the bench for anybody with an injury at at maybe any position because they've got him right now with the versatility to, to basically play all five positions. I don't think they, they will ever necessarily go that route. I mean, I think they want him to really focus on a fairly narrow band. I mean, I th- at this point, even though I know that Cameron Irving wants to play tackle, it seems like they are really, you know, pitching him in as an interior lineman. And, you know, there's there's a lot of arguments still about, you know, which position is best for him. But if, if he's your backup center, if he's your backup interior lineman, at least Brian Witzman as your your backup swing tackle, and if if Parker Inger is healthy enough to to nail down that left guard spot, it looks like it's probably going to be his. Well, I guess that's the question I have to you. Do you think it's a matter of Mitch Morse not practicing? That's why Irving is there, or do you think that it's uh, it is going to be Parker Inger? I'm just curious if Irving's going to get any chance at guard at first string left guard. 
Well, you would you would think that that the Chiefs are thinking long term with this, and so you know, to me, the logic would be that if you know if you're planning on Cameron Irving being your left guard, I, I think he needs to be working there right now. Um, you know, that's that's why I I think that that if if Cameron Irving's working at center and you know and he's the one filling in for Morse right now, it makes most sense for him to be your your backup going forward. And because otherwise, I would say you you plug in Irving at left guard during OTAs, and you can have anybody else. I mean, there's three or four guys in camp that can play center. Those guys can play center, and you know, I mean, I don't know if Parker Angers who they would really want to push into that role as he's still recovering, and I think that they just want him to be a guard. But there's other guys. I mean, they got some, you know, even undrafted free agents. They've got some veteran journeymen. They've got guys, you know, Jordan Devy. They, they've got guys who could play center. So to me, it says a lot that you know that that they've got Parker Anger plugged in there, and that they are getting Irving an extended look at center. Because it, it certainly seems like he's their, you know, their sixth offensive lineman. He's your interior backup, center of the backup, and you know, Witzman at this point would be your swing tackle. And then you've got Khalil McKenzie as a you know project, and you know, maybe you've got another off, an offensive lineman that's going to break in there. But that group, to me, heading into camp, looks a lot more set than I thought it would be at this point. One thing that I think maybe isn't set, and that's the guy who might have to block next to that group. And is is there a clear cut? Is is it really going to come down to eighty four being the backup tight end? It, it might. I mean, it's 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 an it's a really interesting group. I mean, because I I, I think a lot of some new guys that they've brought in have, have looked pretty good. I mean, I think Jason Morrow has, has looked pretty good. Tim, uh, Tim Wright has I think looked really good. Um, I've been really curious at a, a lot of the work that Alex Ellis has been getting. He's the guy that they picked up on waivers from the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, he was kind of projected as maybe a, a blocking type tight end, but he's actually been you know pretty involved in some of the passing game aspects. You know, and maybe that and maybe that is just a matter of you know kind of figuring out if he can kind of play both of those roles. But they've got a lot of choices in there right now. I mean, and at this point, I mean, I I think that. Maybe compared to most years, I think they probably have a little bit deeper group there than they've had in the past. It's just you're, you've still got a pretty big drop off from from Travis Kelsey, the number two. Well, is, is there any truth to this rumor? You know, Twitter is rampant with Gronk to Kansas City, and I just think that's ridiculous. But am I wrong? What? When did this come up? I didn't miss this. I saw that all weekend long. Uh, I got to say, it's new to me, and I think. That's no chance in the world, but I've been thank you. been surprised before. I don't, I don't no, know how I feel vindicated. Thank you. <laughs> no, I don't exactly. Know how that would work. There's like 17 strikes against that plan. I just wanted to throw it out there real quick. Get your opinion. Okay, great. I win. Could Twitter, you, leave me alone. Even, well, no, hold on. Could you even imagine the formations you could run though? Oh, it would, be, it would be. It would be. I mean, ridiculous what you could you do with that and everything. But man, uh, yeah, the the salary cap juggling you'd oh, have yeah. to do to make that work, and and the ego juggling you'd have to do to make that work. Mm, I'm not even sure that Andy Reid is enough of a, a player whisperer to make that work. All I have to say is four tight ends and Sherman. No, wait a second. You, you think Gronk is that big of a head case? <laughs> yes, I'm putting you on it nicely. <laughs> I, I I did see him cheering on his horse pretty hard over the weekend. Well, that's fair. Oh, there is. Okay, well, we need to, we need to go a different direction. So Ryan quits talking about uh, four tight ends and, and Sherman because that's not anything anybody wants to hear about. Two and a half yards every day. Yeah, next every down. Second. 
all the time. Next subject. <laughs> well, why don't we take another quick break and, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about something in reality. So where do you want to go? <laughs> yes and yes. I think he's just talking in general uh, because he knows nobody wants to hear about Sherman and his all of his blocking titans. Um, no, I, I think what's going to be interesting to me, do you think Tyreek Hill is going to practice? I mean, do you think the ankle injury was something that will keep him out of minicamp? Uh, there weren't any indications that I got that that's anything long-term. I mean, if if you want to be worried about any of the injuries that have been picked up during OTAs, I, I think that probably the Kareem Hunt one is the one to look at. I mean, it's a hamstring injury. That's Hamstring injuries are always a concern. Um, but you would think that, I mean, it's probably going to be about seven or eight weeks for the time that he picked up that injury until training camp. That's that's a good amount of time to get some rest. So it, if you're going to have an injury like that, it happened at a, you know probably a good time. So he can he can work with that, um, you know. We'll see. I don't I don't expect there to be any changes this week with the, the players who are rehabbing. So I don't think we're going to see Mitch Morse. I don't think we're going to see any practice drills from Spencer Ware. I mean, they they did bring him back to do individual work, but I don't think we're going to see him actually on the field till training camp. Uh, you know, same thing with DeAnthony Thomas. Um, well, you know, wait a second. So you do think that Spencer Ware could be back for training camp? Uh, it looks like he's he's on pace to do it. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, that's that's a normally with that type of injury he had, it's a full year until you're you know really back and everything. So we'll see. I mean, I I I still think there's a possibility he might start training camp on the pup list. You know, it's it's up in the air. We will see. But the fact that he's doing individual drills, I think, is pretty good sign. That's definitely I think a little bit further ahead of the game than than they probably anticipated. Uh, we didn't get a really good, you know, read about what they their plan really was for Mitch Morse, but I know that they're definitely taking it taking it cautiously. So, you know, I don't think it was any surprise necessarily that that he didn't see the field during OTAs and probably won't during this mini camp. Um, so he'll be back for for, for training camp. The other injuries, I mean, they had, you know, six, seven guys who are, you know, banged up last week. Uh, we might see a few of them back. I mean, Tyreek Hill might be back. Um, but at the same time, if if they just decided to just to play it safe with all of these injuries, it would not surprise me at all. I wanted to get back to asking you, from from your opinion, there's, there's a lot of guys on this roster right now that maybe are in a position that they need to make an impression in this three-day minicamp. And by my count, especially the DBs, there's like 18 of them going to minicamp. Who, in your eyes, needs to make that kind of standout play or make an impression during these three days? Yeah, to me, it's 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 really the tweener guys. It's it's not the recent draft picks. It's not some of the rookies like you know Arian Springs, defensive back, making impressions. And because you know you're you're like at cornerback, you know you're set with your first three guys. It's it's the guys like Will Redmond. It's the the guys like Heath Reeser, who've been around for a while and you know are trying to make this squad. I think they're the people who need to make an impression and need to kind of crack through. Um, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, at safety, there's a lot of guys you could put in there. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Eric Berry, Eric Murray, Daniel Sorensen are probably pretty safe. Um, you know, Robert Golden's probably pretty safe. But then you get down to the, you know, the Leon McQuays, the Jordan Stearns, you know, they've got to, I, 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 they've got to be able to make plays too. I mean, they've got to, they've got to do something. So I think it's, to me, it's those tweener guys that really need to make the most impressions because I think you've got, you know, your, your draft picks and even a couple of undrafted free agents who have made some impressions. And, you know, they, those, are, those are guys with some, you know, they've, they've, they've got some big upside. And then you've got your starters. So it's, it's really these guys who are maybe in the two to four years experience kind of range that I think 
have the most to gain in this mini camp to kind of really jockey for position because, hey, you can you can win a job in training camp, but it makes it a lot easier when you're in the lead starting training camp. It's a fantastic point. My my question to you is. I think one of the positions that's going to be the hardest fought on this roster is going to be wide receiver. Um, how are you, how do you see that shaking out? Because to me, you have, you know, Watkins, obviously you have Hill Conley, you would think Robinson's going to be there, but I don't know that that's a guarantee. And you have Chesson uh, that doesn't leave much room. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that that's the bottom of the wide receiver group is definitely going to be one of the biggest competitions for training camp because, yeah, I think there's there's eight guys now for maybe six spots. And, and that's not even counting, you know, the idea that maybe a Byron Pringle or a Daniel Braverman might fight their way in there. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Hill, Watkins, Conley, Robinson, I, I think are the solid four. I mean, now obviously Hill and Watkins are clearly there. I think Conley and Robinson are pretty safe. Um, but then, you know, Chesson, Marcus Kemp, Gary Dieter, uh, DeAnthony Thomas, that's a, that's a whole other group there. I mean, that's, that's, you know, four receivers for maybe two or three spots. And, you know, that to, that to me is going to be a really competitive group. I mean, and I th- and I think from the ones we've seen, I mean, we, I think we've seen a, a lot of good things from Gary Dieter and Marcus Kemp. I mean, they've looked pretty good in the OTAs. So I'm looking, I'm definitely looking at the mini camp to see if they kind of can can maintain that consistency and what kind of looks that they do get with you know the first and second groups and everything. And um, we're not going to know anything about DeAnthony Thomas until training camp, and you know, and and once again, special teams might be the way that he wins his way onto the squad. Um, you know, because kick returner and punt returner are two also completely open positions. And some of those guys are going to, you know, maybe compete in that group too. And Thomas is obviously one of those guys. So, you know, maybe there's another position or two special teams wise that these receivers can fight for. But I think it's going to be very competitive. I mean, that's definitely offensively. That's, that's the position group that I think is most worthy and most interesting. I mean, tight ends going to be pretty interesting too. Um, the other position, I mean, running back is going to be a little bit of a challenge, but you know, I, 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 if, if everything's, everybody's healthy, I mean, you feel like you're pretty stacked there. So I'm not sure that that's going to be a, a, a huge, you know, really a, a group to match a watch there. But to me, wide receiver offensively is going to be the, the, the training camp battle to watch. It's going to be the most interesting. Well, and you said a name that I think is very in, intriguing in Brian Pringle. Uh, I do think that he is. Uh, his speed is fantastic. It's whether or not he can bring enough to the rest of uh, the team to make the roster. But, uh, you know, you're right. DeAnthony Thomas taught with him, he has to be able to be the returner to make that sixth spot. But you have corners that can return too. So uh, it's that it's going to be a rough battle to watch. And I don't know. Yeah, it I really don't know. is. With Chesson, I mean, he played all special teams last year, and he did very well, kind of like Demarcus Robinson. So, you know, you, you still have questions there. Uh, you would think that the top four wide receivers are Conley, Robinson, Watkins, and Hill, at least talent-wise. But I, I just don't know how that's going to shake out. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, especially you know because there are a couple of cornerbacks and safeties kind of in that group that might be returning kicks. Tremont Smith is at the head of that group. Um, he's definitely something I, somebody I think that they want to take a look at. I, th- I think we're definitely going to see him returning kicks a lot in training camp to see if he can do it. Um, he's been you know first up in a lot of the OTAs as far as who's uh, stepping up the first in line when they do special teams. 
And you know, and the Anthony Thomas, that's how he's gonna that's how he's gonna win his job. I he's I, I think he's gotta be your your punt returner at least, can kick returner or backup punt returner and a kick returner to to make this team. But you're right. I mean, you know, Byron Pringle is he definitely needs to be a, a multifaceted player. And and the injury obviously has come at a horrible time for him uh, to be missing time in OTAs and everything like that. Uh, if he can come back during, you know, mini camp and be able to get on the field and and show some things, I think that would that would be a big boost to him. But, you know, there's 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 still a lot of questions there. And, you know, for Pringle, like I said, I think he needs to be able to show that he can make a con- contribution both you know in the passing game and in special teams to make the squad. Well, he has to be able to stay healthy, too. And stay healthy. Absolutely. I think he might end up being a candidate for the practice squad that it might actually benefit everybody being able to keep another talented receiver somewhere uh, in reserve. So, Yeah, the only thing really, the only thing really working, working against Pringle is age. You know, he is a little bit older than most prospects and everything. So, you know, he's he, – he, yeah, I mean, he could certainly benefit from being on the practice squad. But, you know, age, age is definitely a factor for him. They say that about me all the time. Well, it's true about you. The question I had, you know, when you talk about uh, the practice squad guys, I don't know that you could keep Marcus Kemp and and Garrett Dieter on the practice squad if they play like they have uh, during OTAs, at least from what you've seen, or the rookie minicamp. I don't think that you're going to be able to keep them on the practice squad this year. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's going to be tough for both of them. I mean, because uh, at least what we've seen in OTAs, I, I think these guys have both made, you know, really good progress from last year. And I don't think it hurts at all that, that these guys looked like they had great chemistry with Mahomes last year. Uh, they both, you know, really excelled with, with Mahomes and, wor- and working with him. And, you know, obviously Mahomes kind of quarterback that you think he's going to work well with everybody. But at the same time, I mean, those, those two guys really stood out. And you know, and Demarcus Robinson. I mean, those those three those three receivers really showed the most last year with Mahomes and you know between OTAs and, and training camp and everything. So you know, yeah, I mean, I I think that if if they have the kind of training camp that it looks like that they could have, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think other teams should be interested in them. So it might be tough to keep them on the practice squad. Well, training camp and preseason games. It's really going to be the key for those guys. Absolutely. And especially just, you know, and I asked Andy Reid about this last week, asking him specifically about the, the, the second year receivers and including Cheston with that group too. And, you know, what their progress was. And he's, and he said, Hey, yeah, I mean, they've, they've, they've looked pretty good. I mean, we've liked the development, but it's all about, you know, contact. It's all about how that they look when you can finally hit. And that's where, that's where those three guys have got to be able to show that they can make an impact in the passing game is, is when it's live and during, and during preseason games. Well, I know you're going to be tuned up and have all kinds of coverage, folks. Make sure you check out ChiefsDigest.com for everything Matt sees and hears and, and has from this mini camp. We're going to be hitting some reaction uh, in the evenings for the next day to see what happens out there as well. And, Matt, thanks for the time to be back with us. Uh, once again, it feels like you're a regular. <laughs> hey, it's, it's great to be a regular. Hopefully we can keep it going, and we'll catch up with you guys later. Matt's just looking I mean, forward to burn ends. Yeah, he's looking forward to getting that uh, another punch for his barbecue. Yeah, I figure at this point we got to hit Q39. We got to hit. I want to take you guys to Char Bar, man. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Uh, and I got to run by Gates one time. You know, we can make this happen in a 36 hour period. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you for listening today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Enjoy minicamp. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. 
and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.